0: Hi, this is Steve Wood. For Thanksgiving, we're re airing a special episode featuring St. John Henry Newman's landmark book, The Development of Doctrine, and how his book can help you as a parent answer some tough questions. Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. i like to thank you for joining us today. I have something special in store for you. Now, if you're the parent of a young child, you might think, well, this isn't for me. But this is really one to tuck away, even if you're a parent of a younger child. Because some parents will work for years, making all those sacrifices during the childhood years, during the early teen years, and then they send their children off to college. And by the time they come home for Thanksgiving vacation, they're shocked by some type of sudden and abrupt change of their beliefs. And what I want to share with you today is how you as a parent, by spending just 15 minutes explaining two key ideas from a particular book can prevent a couple of really big headaches from occurring when your children go off to college. And let's just take why we want to learn this first. Uh, the first scene is on Thanksgiving vacation as your daughter comes home from college And with great excitement, she announces that she is now attending a Bible church. And a Bible church is one of the Protestant evangelical congregations that try to exactly resemble the church as described in the pages of the New Testament. Now, from my observations It could take you a few to several years to wean her from her newfound attraction to a Bible church. Let's try another scene. This time, let's say your son's off at a uh, Catholic university, a Catholic university, one that you're spending thousands of dollars for. And since your son's away, you decide to take a peek at his Facebook page just to kind of see what he's up to. That's what parents do these days. So as you look at his Facebook page to see what he's up to, to your shock and dismay, you see that your son has posted a rainbow diversity flag on his Facebook page in support of a homosexual's right to same-sex marriage. Now, you certainly didn't raise your son this way, and, you know, at this point in life, it literally, just like in your daughter's situation, could take years to wean your son away from what he's been convinced of by a few progressive Catholic university professors. And the old proverb, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Spending a few minutes explaining two key ideas from one of the most important books written over the last 200 years. It was a book written by Cardinal Newman entitled, An Essay on the Development of Christian Doctrine. And I'm just going to share with you two ideas that you can share with your children, probably in a course of about 15 or 20 minutes, maybe. Now, Obviously, I wouldn't share this just once. I would not to get to the broken record stage, but make sure when you begin to explain it for the fourth or fifth time, they know exactly what you're going to say. And once this is in their minds, you can give them the intellectual ammunition they need to recognize when something is amiss. First, I'd just like to share with you a personal story how I came upon this book and realized its importance. I was at my first Catholic conference speaking, and my seminary friend, Scott Hahn, was speaking there with me. And I was excited because there were all these Catholic books on display. And I caught Scott during a break, and I said, take me down this line of books and... and basically point out what I really need to read. So as I was going down and I was getting a pretty good stack of books because Scott's a bibliophile like I am, we came to Cardinal Newman's book, that essay on the development of Christian doctrine and Scott stopped. He picked up and it's a pretty thick book and it's kind of hard to get through, but I'm gonna give you it in a real easy to understand way today. But nonetheless, Scott picked up this book and he said, this book by Cardinal Newman is more important than all the other books on these tables put together. So obviously I thought, okay, I'm getting this one and I'm going to dig in. Cardinal Newman was one of the most important religious figures in England during the 19th century. He started out uh, at Oxford University as an evangelical And then he kind of grew into high church Anglicanism, and that was basically trying to take small C Catholic uh, worship ideas, liturgical ideas, doctrinal ideas, and bring them back into the Church of England. And he became the leader of a movement called the Oxford Movement, named after uh, his leadership and Oxford University where it began. In 1845, Cardinal Newman became a Catholic. Years later, Pope Leo XIII made him a cardinal in 1879. And then finally, he was beatified by Pope Benedict XVI in 2010. Now, Cardinal Newman wrote his book, An Essay on the Development of Christian Doctrine, after an extensive study of church history, the early church fathers. And he wrote this book and he sent it off to the printers. And back then it took a while between the time he sent a book off to the printers, there was no computer typesetting and such. And by the time he sent the book off and time he got the book back in print, he was persuaded under the weight of his own argument to become a Catholic. And probably the most famous quote from his book is this, the Christianity of history is not Protestantism. If ever there were a safe truth, it is this, and Protestantism has ever felt it so. To be deep in history is to cease to be a Protestant. Now, I'm going to give you two key ideas from Cardinal Newman's book. The first key idea, remember, is to keep your daughter from becoming a member of a Protestant evangelical Bible church. And this is just going to take a few minutes and you can in fact use the Bible to explain this to her. But remember, prevention is a lot better than cure, so if you get this idea in her mind, it it will be there because the occasion today will arise when somebody is going to invite her on a college campus to attend an evangelical group. But when your daughter hears something like this, come visit our church. It's just like the church described in the book of Acts and the other books of the New Testament. If she's properly prepared by you, parents, you prepare your kids for the task ahead. Her response should be, oh, I'm so very sorry to hear that. Now, her evangelical Protestant friend is going to be a bit confused by her response, and here's why. A key idea in Cardinal Newman's book is that there is a growth and development of the church predicted by no one less than Jesus himself. And Jesus also predicted that the growth and the understanding of truth and doctrine would develop as the church matures. Let me give you just one example from Matthew chapter 13, a chapter of seven parables. But one of the parables Jesus put forth, he said, "...the kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field." It is the smallest of all seeds, but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. Basically, Jesus is saying the church, uh, even from external view, is going to have very small, very humble, almost insignificant beginnings, but it is going to grow and develop. In fact, the structure of this organic development is going to be so great that it's going to have these branches where the birds of the air can come and make nests in the trees. In other words, the church is growing. And if you're saying our church is just like the church in the New Testament, is just like the church described in the book of Acts, you're saying over 2,000 years, our church has not grown one bit and if it's something alive and living, just like in nature, uh, God created seeds, and if given sufficient light and water, they'll grow and prosper and develop. And if they don't, something has gone wrong. That's why her response should be, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Here's another one. In John chapter 16, Jesus talks about the development of in the church's understanding of truth. He says in John 16, and this is towards the end of his three-year ministry, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. In other words, one of the roles and jobs of the Holy Spirit is to guide the church in its understanding of doctrine. Not to come along with something new and novel and some kind of abrupt change and insert something that has never been. No, but it's a guiding in the truth that Jesus gave, but it's deepening of that understanding. Let me show you how this might work. Imagine If you're in the checkout line at the grocery store and you notice that the young mother in front of you is holding a real pretty baby in her arms and you want to be nice. So you say, oh, what a nice baby you have. And she turns and says, oh, no, this isn't my my baby. This is my 21 year old son. And of course, as your jaw drops in shock, uh, your natural question is whether or not you vocalize it, what happened? Why didn't your son grow and develop? A, A baby is beautiful and fine if it's at the infant stage. But if you're claiming your church like this baby goes on for years and doesn't grow and develop, you think something has gone wrong. It's not the church that Jesus predicted because there's going to be a change in depth of understanding of truth and even the outward visible structure of it. It's going to grow and it's going to develop. And honestly, every church that believes—I'm talking about Protestant churches—every Protestant church that believes in the Trinity— and almost all do except for a, a few uh, somewhat fringe groups. But all those who believe in the Trinity believe in the growth and development of doctrine because the Trinity is pretty hard to understand, even with our creeds that we have that were formulated in the early church. But it's kind of tough to come up with a full understanding of the Trinity by just opening up your New Testament. And the early church went through a few centuries of growth and development and challenges from the inside and the outside. Who was Jesus? Fully God. Was he fully man, half and half? Fully God, fully man. Uh, what's the deal with the Trinity? Is, is there one God? So there's one person, or is there one God and three persons, and how does this all work together? You see, these are tough questions that the Holy Spirit gave growth and understanding. So any church who believes in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and baptizes that way is really believing in growth and development. So when you hear an invitation or a pastor, and, you know, I had this thought myself in the early days of my uh, Protestant pilgrimage, so uh, I'm not casting stones anywhere. I just had it. I wish I'd known about Newman's point on this. That if you say our church is just like the church uh, in the book of Acts, and now it's 2016, 17, or 18, you'd say, "Mm, I'm sorry to hear that. What went wrong? Why didn't your church grow and develop? Why is the understanding more in a more full, comprehensive way? Why is it just encased in the New Testament? when in the New Testament it says the Holy Spirit is going to come and take that truth in the New Testament and give you a fuller understanding of it. See how this works? And that way you can see a mark of the church and churches that uh, boldly proclaim, and it sounds good at first, you know, I think there can be a pretty good resistance. All right, let's go to your son. We want to see a second idea from Cardinal Newman's book, an essay on the development of Christian doctrine. And how can we help the son who has come home from college, or you notice on his Facebook page that you sent a well-formed Catholic young man off to a, a university, a Catholic university, and a couple of progressive professors get a hold of him and radically change his minds regarding Uh, what the church has taught about homosexuality, for instance. Well, here's, here's something that you need to be aware of. Progressives, and that's just a fancy name for a flaming liberal who wants to change radically and abruptly change the truth of Catholic doctrine and most frequently Catholic morals, okay? A progressive is going to claim Cardinal Newman for their, I'll just call it, loony ideas. They'll say, this is a development of doctrine when it's nothing of the sort. But hear me, progressives love to quote Cardinal Newman out of context. They want to hijack the idea of the development of doctrine. Now, development of doctrine is true, but changing to any heretical, or novel idea is not a development. That's an aberration. That's, that's a destruction of true doctrine and morals. Do you get the difference here? So you have to really keep two ideas in your mind. Yes, doctrine does develop, and well, it should, and there's a Protestant error that can lead you astray for that. And then the second error is that saying any kind of wacko idea is a development of doctrine. And that's not true at all. And here's the big point. We need to be able to tell true from false claims of doctrinal development. Okay? Here's how Cardinal Newman put it. The question is not whether or not doctrine can develop. It can and does. The real question is, How can we distinguish between genuine development of apostolic doctrine and latter corruptions of it? You see, that's the point. We need to be able to discern between the two. And the danger here, and it's actually, it's a stronger danger than your son or daughter being lured off to a Protestant evangelical church, because a lot of times our discernment buttons are on off position if someone who claims to be a Catholic is talking to us. And if that Catholic is talking to us, our discernment button is off and happens to quote someone who has now been beatified by Pope Benedict XVI in 2010, all the more we keep the button off. And I dare say, if you're living in the modern era And there's a lot of progressive Catholics out there abusing Cardinal Newman. Anytime you hear development of doctrine or Newman's development of doctrine, you hit that button just as fast as you can, and you get your radar system up, you get your discernment system moving, because this is the way that erroneous ideas, especially the corruption of morals, this is the way they're introduced into the minds and hearts of young people. And all you need to do is teach your children to be aware of this so that when it does come and it will come, they'll see it a block off and boom, they'll have their discernment up and they won't be falling for this stuff because once they fall for it, it's a corruption of the mind, which so often leads to a corruption of morals and you know, there's enough temptations and attacks on the faith out there. We don't need it coming from those who are claiming to be Catholic interpreters of Cardinal Newman. Here's further what uh, Cardinal Newman said. A development to be faithful must retain both the doctrine and the principle with which it started. The point to be ascertained is the unity and identity of the idea with itself through all stages of its development. Now, let's take the not-too-hypothetical case of a son of a faithful Catholic dad who's now putting diversity flags on his Facebook page. This, this stuff really happens. This is not just hypothetical, okay? So, we're going to talk about same-sex marriage, how in the world could anyone with a straight face say that this is what Cardinal Newman was talking about in a development of doctrine? This is a corruption of doctrine, because for over 2,000 years, the Catholic Church has taught that sodomy is a sin which cries out to heaven for justice— and marriage is between a man and a woman. Boom, period. There is no other type of marriage. It's only so-called same-sex marriage. And so you can't claim Newman for taking a U-turn. You can't take a 180-degree turn and call it a development of doctrine. Yes, you gradually go up a slope and you, you deepen your appreciation, the richness of what happened at that miracle at the wedding of Cana, and how God wants to shower graces upon Christian marriages and the, the nobility and the goodness of marriage. But you can't take that and then turn it into something which the church has called a mortal sin for two millennia and say somehow this is a development of doctrine we can now include in our doctrine of marriage, same-sex marriage. And believe me, uh, before this decade is out, There will be Catholics—there probably already are Catholics—advocating such erroneous ideas and basing it on Cardinal Newman beatified by Pope Benedict XVI, because they say this is simply a development of doctrine. Now, they are very, very concerned that you haven't read Newman's book. Now, it is a big book, and it's kind of a tough book to understand, but nonetheless— Cardinal Newman would be rolling in his grave if he heard some people saying that somehow homosexuality or same-sex marriage is a development of doctrine. Nothing, nothing could be further from the truth. You see, that's taking something that's true, doctrine develops, and corrupting it, saying that something that's gravely sinful is now somehow acceptable, maybe under certain conditions, and therefore we can say the doctrine has developed. This is just not the case. It's This is a cancer, not a development of doctrine. Cancer is when cell growth, abnormal cell growth, starts growing out of control and starts killing a healthy body. And this is what's going on with progressives going around, coming up with novel and corrupt moral ideas and saying this is Newman's development of doctrine. It isn't. I'd like to read from you from a sane church father, St. Vincent, around the year 450. This is what he said, and this is from uh, Juergen's three-volume set of the early church fathers. He said, faith is fixed, stable, and persevering. You need to hold and believe only which the Catholic Church has held universally and from ancient times. Guard what has been committed. What does it mean? It is what has been faithfully entrusted to you, not what has been discovered by you, what you have received, not what you have thought up, a matter not of ingenuity but of doctrine, not of private acquisition but of public tradition. But perhaps someone is saying, well, won't there be any progress of religion in the church of Christ? Certainly there is, and the greatest. But it is truly progress and not a change of faith. What is meant by progress is that something is brought to an advancement within itself by change. Something is transformed from one thing into another. It is necessary, therefore, that understanding, knowledge, and wisdom grow and advance strongly and mightily, but it must take place precisely within its own kind. That is, in the same teaching, in the same meaning, and in the same opinion. We must studiously investigate and follow this ancient agreement of the Holy Fathers. You see, we can't veer off to the left or the right. And so Cardinal Newman, in his very balanced way in the development of Christian doctrine, gives us these two key truths. One, doctrine does develop, and two, doctrine develops true to its kind, consistent with how it had been articulated before. And those who come along offering a progressive, novel, corrupt morality can be recognized for exactly what they are, those who have actually turned from development of doctrine to the corruption of it. And if you share these two ideas with your children, you can keep them from going to the left or to the right. You'll keep them from straying outside the church from somebody who's claiming, you know, we're the same as the church in the book of Acts. And you can protect them from those who are inside the church trying to corrupt it from novel ideas being introduced. This is what Pope Pius X said in 1910, and I'll leave you with this. Uh, He asked this oath to be sworn of all Catholic teachers that the doctrine of faith, which was handed down to us from the apostles, is held in the exact same meaning. I entirely reject the heretical misrepresentation that dogmas evolve and change from one meaning to another different from what the one which the church has held previously. You've been listening to episode 120 of Faith and Family, and I'm your host, Steve Wood. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at FamilyLifeCenter.net. To order a CD copy of today's broadcast, order online at www.FamilyLifeCenter.net.